Alrighty, sports cappers, welcome back to another episode with Ryan and Jeremy. Episode 13, lucky 13, important number, Ryan, for sports fans, gamblers. The, yeah, 13, you usually skip out on a, skip out on 13, but we're taking the risk and throwing it in there, episode 13. Loving it, mate. Uh, I'm recording this podcast on the front seat of my car, uh, <laughs> out at my, my sister-in-law's place. Uh, it's perfect setting for the 13 and, um, <laughs> can't get any better. That's nah, true commitment, mate. Handheld microphone. Yeah. You're going old school. Yeah. Broken me headphones. <laughs> Broken your headphones. Uh all right, mate. But the most important question of the day, as usual, is: uh, Have you are you wearing a hat in the front seat of your car? I am wearing my hat. I have uh, doubling up for the first time this year. It's my McLaren hat, the fluoro uh, green, mm. neon green, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're heading to Monaco this week, mm. and you know this is a a track that. Ricardo has previously went well on. Man, he's having a rough time since leaving Red Bull, and it's just not, it's not getting better. So he needs a bit of bit of love. So yeah, um, absolutely. The hat's going to change everything for him. I I would presume. Yeah, of course. You'll see him. You'll see him on the podium this weekend. Yep. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but he has. He's had a, had a rough year, old Ricardo. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year and what he does, where he ends up. I'm going to move him to if Williams. They... <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully not. Would you retire before you move to Williams or would you take another year and still earn $10 million? Oh, I'd definitely keep earning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Maybe. I guess he earns that m- money just with his clothing brand because they're so bloody expensive. Yeah, right. And, and his shoey decanter for his wine. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. Because <laughs> no, he has his own wine. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Line, and he brought out a couple of weeks ago uh, a decanter um, that's in the, in the shape of a glass boot. Of course. So you can decant your wine in a, in a glass boot. Of course. But I don't know, and that was pretty outrageous how much it costed. I think it was like three grand Aussie or something, I think. So it's pretty impressive. Unreal. What hat you got yeah, on, bro? Man, I don't know. I'm also clutching at straws now with my hat collection. We've had a, I thought I had a pretty impressive collection, but um, they're starting to wind down now and not, all my teams are out of the playoffs. I got nothing really left going good for me as a, as a sports fan, but a sport capper. I've got my New York, Nick, New York Yankees cap on. Um, purely based on a video I saw this week on the internet of, uh, I, I don't know what baseball game it was, but it was baseball at least. And the same guy caught in the crowd, caught two home runs in the one game. Wow. So I don't know. Yeah. Clutching at straws, but supporting the baseball by supporting the fans. Um, and just the, what are the odds you could say of, uh, Catching two home runs in in the same game. Hope that dude went and bought a lottery ticket. Yeah, yeah, and he was nice. He gave one away. He gave the second one away to to someone that was behind him, but he still caught it. Good looking, cheap. good fella. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> uh, you could say he got pretty lucky that night. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, recap around eleven. Started off really well, Ryan. We hit two from two at the start. Um, and, yeah, having continuing our good run on the overs. Um, what are we? We were 13 and 16 last week. So we've gone now we're 15 of 17 in the unders and overs in your hang your hats. Um, but then, yeah, we were hoping on a, a little bit of a closer game there with the Roosters that – where the line actually pushed out a little bit bigger than the 11.5 that we had on, um, playing the home underdog there. Yeah, so just um, while you were going through there, I pulled up the numbers. The under-overs were 15 of 18, 
mm-hmm. uh, right. total for the year. And that's 83%, still at a 66% return. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, yeah, two, two out of three of the hang your hat, um, we had the bring, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Newcastle, Brisbane over 38 and a half. Eels and Manly under uh, over 39 and a half. It was, I mean, one of the games that was looking pretty pretty bad to begin with, but then they just kind of kicked away at the end. Mm. And then, yeah, the Roosters and Penrith, uh, we had the Roosters plus 11 and a half to cover there on the basis of a double-digit home dog. But uh, when we class these or when anyone classes, it's the closing line and the Bruce has actually closed at nine and a half. So kind of went outside of the the realm for a home double digit dog. But in any case, they lost. So that didn't work for us. But, but. in saying that, we, um, uh, we're doing all right. We're still, still kind of uh, plus. We're doing really well in our hanging hats and the, to- the total amount of our betting account is still still plus so Mm. um we're liking that uh there's no teams this weekend that fulfill that uh home dog by double digits so we'll forget that until next week or maybe the week Mm. after um yeah and of the other bets we had on we're we're three of six for the for the round which is um not bad half a unit profit yeah still on the up mate that's all we gotta keep our head above the water that's it You've been focusing a little bit on future bets or early bets the last couple of weeks. Um, what did we get on this week, mate? Yeah, no. So um, last week started off with the NRL Futures pod on our channel. Uh, was looking forward to doing another episode today or even yesterday, but the uh, the odds are still not released for round 13 as of yet. We chatted a little bit earlier today uh, and discussed this and you suggest it's probably because waiting for the origin teams to be announced before Mm. i guess it has to be that like it's like you said we discussed a little bit earlier and yeah it's interesting by not having the markets on you think people would the betting companies would be losing money or losing in losing money they're never losing money but they i don't know less turn around turn over turn around um but yeah, I guess it has to be because all of the teams are so uncertain with only four games in the week and a lot of players that can potentially be there, I guess. I, I just presume that they're um they're waiting until Sunday, Monday when teams get announced before they start releasing those odds. But yeah. I don't know. So we just have a... nothing in uh booked in for next week, but for this coming weekend we had a few few bets we put on during last weekend's round. Mm. Um, and as we spoke about last week, sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. And this is a prime example. A lot of our, uh, early bets this week have gone in the wrong direction. So we jumped on the Cowboys at plus 12 and a half. We believe that was, uh, the line was too large. It's actually now pushed out to 14 and a half, mm. uh, which is, which is outrageous, outrageous. And probably outrageous, we'll talk about that later. I yeah. Guess. On on the back of Tamalolo probably not playing. Uh, I can't mm. see any other reason why. Um, Rabbitohs minus ten and a half. I felt that um, you know the Rabbitohs are still on paper a very good team. They're just in a bit of a rut, and the Tigers, um, you know, aren't a good team, but have had some quite close games. So you know, a a, a, a line that was hanging around that ten. I thought it's it's going to increase and mm. you know by a lot. So um, we jumped on them, and that's now brought into seven and a half. Mm. So it's moved quite a lot, um, and through that that eight key number. So unlucky. Uh, Broncos, we jumped on at eight and a half as well. Uh, we thought that line will go out probably to ten. Uh, it's gone down to seven and a half. Mm. Uh, Warriors, we jumped on at minus two and a half. That's now at, a, I think, at Pickham. Um, just checking the numbers here. Yep, one and a half there. And 
And then the one that's actually gone in our favour is uh, the Storm and Manly. We got on the over 40 and a half, which is now pushed out to 41 and a half. So not a massive move, but a can, move nonetheless. can certainly make the difference. You take every point you can get. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see um, if any of these bets play out. We'll uh, need some pretty convincing wins uh, judging by what the lines are at this moment to cover our lines, but uh, it was worth worth the double to see if we could uh, pick up some value and some moving markets. Yeah, but like we said, it's it's like those results when you, I think, from what we were predicting to happen, and obviously, yeah, with our tipping, we've been going all right, especially the last. I don't know, those last few weeks we were on a pretty good run there of six of eight. Um, so you expect a certain result to go a certain way. And then we obviously we had a bit of a shocker last week and I think uh, hit four of four of eight. So and most likely in, in those games there's those teams that have been affected which pushed the lines in the wrong direction for us. Um, but, it, you know, the lines can go in the wrong directions and like what our famous hashtag of don't pull out um we let them ride and we'll see what happens and hopefully get a bit of get a bit of luck on our side which you need every week in when you're having a punt amongst other things um but yeah like after with those early games we've been also diving into Obviously, what what's been put on our plate now with once yeah last week's results are now in, and watching some of these lines move and like what you said, we were both quite shocked uh, about the Cowboys Panthers game being such a big line, um, and even pushing out like yeah Talmalolo has been important has been a a bit of a resurgence of him this year, but is. Is he worth two points there? And also, is do we really do you really think that the line should be sitting even at 12 and a half, 14 and a half between these two big defensive teams? No, and uh, I mean, at the beginning of the year, Tamalolo wasn't, um, you know, going well, and it was a little bit of chit chat about him. And now that uh, the last few rounds, he's, he's returned to some old form. And everybody's forgotten about how much they were bagging him out um, mm. earlier on. So, but, uh, man, I, I think there's so much weird uh, talk around this game. I've, uh, across uh, quite a lot of social media, listened to a few of our um, collegiate betting podcasts. It's not a lot of them, but I listened to a few. And, and it's just, it's amazing that, um, how just to hear and the different arguments and see what people thinking are feeling and kind of gives you an understanding about how the markets are placed because of the way that kind of people are thinking and the, the psychological barriers around um, when it is these kind of top two teams, whereas one has been top for a long time and one is just there at the moment. So, mm. I mean, it's... Uh, Oh, yeah, I definitely don't think this line should be this big. I think that's a really interesting point you brought up. Like, <laughs> when have you seen the top, like, one versus three and the line be 14 and a half? Like, I think it's, like, that's it's outrageous even just saying that. You think, like, two top four teams going head-to-head against each other and you wouldn't expect a line to be pushed out to... To fourteen and a half, there. Like, you just compare it know. to the to the Roosters game last week that ended up on nine and a half, yeah, uh, against Parma uh, against Penrith, and yeah, we are all pretty in agreement that North Queensland at the moment are performing better than the Roosters, yet they're mm. catching an extra five points. Like, it's it doesn't make sense. Um, no, not at all. Obviously, the Roosters are a more dynamic scoring team. They have a, a better, like more star players, but they're not playing better. And they haven't no. played better at all this year. Um, like the Cowboys are coming off six wins in a row. Yeah. 
So it doesn't matter. Like you can look at strength of schedule and say, all right, they haven't been playing many of the top teams, but they just beat Melbourne and only let them score six points. They also dusted Parramatta. Um, so said, I think it was I'm... also 34 to four or something like that. I'm just going to go in and double yeah. check that result. But I, I dove into the strength of schedule um, for Penrith and North Queensland because of this kind of, oh, okay, well, you know, North Queensland just played shit teams. Obviously, mm. Penrith have won more games um, and North Queensland did lose to Canterbury in the first round. Yeah. But I did a, a calculation whereby I graded um, each opponent uh, with an, I gave them a number depending on where they're sitting on the table today. So, mm. and then I added those numbers up and compared. So the Panthers had a strength schedule of 100 and the Cowboys 108. So of the 11 rounds that have been played, um, there's an, an eight point difference between uh, between them. So it's 8% mm. difference in their strength mm. of schedule, which is basically nothing. So they've, they've both played um, of the top, in the top eight, they've both played Parramatta, Roosters, and... Um, let me see here. It was, and the Broncos. Yeah. Um, Penrith obviously lost to Parramatta, but they beat the Broncos and the Roosters. They've also played the Storm, both teams. Mm. Um, whereas the Cowboys beat the Broncos and the Eels and lost to the Roosters. So of no. the top eight teams, there's no real difference. I'd say that beating Parramatta is probably better uh, and, and losing to the Roosters is probably better than beating the Roosters and losing to Parramatta mm. because Parramatta's defense is, is, you know, not good. Mm. Uh, and then you look at the bottom teams, which they've faced. Uh, the Cowboys have faced the Raiders twice, and the Raiders are sitting in ninth. Um, and, and they've both met the Titans. They've both played the Knights. They've both played the Bulldogs. And the difference being that Penrith have played... Uh, the Dragons and Manly and uh, the Cowboys have played the Tigers and the Warriors. So, like, I don't think there's there's not a very big difference at all in this transfer schedule uh, for mm. these teams. And I think people are underestimating greatly North Queensland, especially their defense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like a th their defense has been incredible. Like, you think Parramatta, Parramatta have been... D like putting on a lot of points this this year, um, but North Queensland held them to four. Um, like they held the Gold Coast to four, they held Melbourne to six, um, they held Brisbane to twelve. Like they had two, yeah, two games. What the? I think the first game you can't really take into consideration so much. The first round, going six four, it was atrocious weather. Um, first game of the season. And then, yeah, they had a bad overtime, extra time loss to the Warriors. Otherwise, they're sitting on the same points as, as Penrith anyway. But, like, it was interesting that we brought up their their offense. Like, it's the offense sort of played, I thought, oh, yeah, North Queensland, they, they, don't, have, they don't have a crazy offense. They're, you know, they've been... You know, I've I've been thinking for me personally that their defense has been what's what we've chatted about a lot. But when uh, like when you're diving into it, they've scored their second in points for their second in tries for. Um, so they're scoring they're scoring points. They're not inside their offensive twenty a lot, um, which could actually be actually play quite a good role. Um, in, in this game, I think, because Penrith are a territorial team. Um, so it could help out by the Cowboys are obviously scoring tries from outside of their attack of 20. So it could that could definitely play a, play a part in this game because they're not going to get a lot of chances on Penrith's line. Um, so if they can score tries from outside, 
it, it, you could see them putting on some points. But it like it was amazing looking at these two def- like defensive teams when you're going through all this all the statistics. They're sitting at one and two or one and three pretty much the whole way through when you're looking at like points conceded. Their Penrith are one, Cowboys are two, and there's only a what is it 128 points Penrith have conceded and 131 the Cowboys have conceded. Um, and tries are 23 conceded to Panthers and 24 conceded for the Cowboys. You look at also like one of the important stats that we've focused on this year and it's um, run metres and you've got the Panthers like smashing everybody at 1,161 average metres conceded a game but then the Cowboys are sitting in third place at 1,259. So like... You know, they're doing an incredible job. And even their one and two in line breaks. We've also said line breaks are playing a, a play a big role there. Um, and they're only conceding, the Panthers are conceding 2.3 per game and the Cowboys are in second place at 2.8. So this game to me is screaming for a, a defensive game. Exactly. Um, and I, I think what, it's important to remember here as well, while we're spitting out all these facts and numbers and stats is that we're trying to find the value in the game. Like I don't expect North Queensland to win the game, but the value is in this large line, 14 and a half points mm. is, you know, it could, it could be four tries that, that you need to have, um, to, to have have them not cover. So Penrith need to have maybe score four tries more than North Queensland mm. to to have this line not cover, uh, depending on yeah. the goal kicking. So, and we know, you know Cleary is a great goal kicker, but uh, you know that's a lot of a lot of the Panthers tries against these bad teams are scored in that middle percentage of the field and he has easy kicks when it's out on the mm. sideline that's not as guaranteed so that's right i mean i i don't think when you look at this okay hey, what does this mean for betting i don't think mm. it's going to be a high scoring game we checked uh checked in and under here uh we're looking at okay what other metrics can we find to see is find some good value outside of the line um and it's just, it's just like it's it's so fun to look at all these numbers and and find yeah. some some interesting bets. Yeah, like I have to throw one more stat at this before we start going into our bets and our hang your hats, which was a stat that actually quite surprised me when we were like when we've been talking about yeah offense and we've been also talking a lot about lately about run meters and how important they are and. Uh, hasn't even haven't really noticed the whole year of how good the Cowboys are um, moving the ball forward. You've got Panthers in, are, are top, and the Panthers are top in like every <laughs> statistical category, basically. Um, and they're at one thousand five hundred and thirty-six run meters a game. The Cowboys are sitting in second for the whole league in run meters at one thousand four hundred eighty-five. So. Like and they're, they're gonna miss Tamalotto in that aspect. He absolutely does a lot of, and especially post contact meters, uh, yeah. offloads. But whether that'll translate to the whole team being, you know, fourteen points worse, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I don't see it. But it's like what you said. The whole thing is trying to find the value, and you see how close these two teams are. Like Penrith. Penrith have been crushing everybody and are sitting on the top, but the Cowboys aren't so far behind them in all these in all these really important categories that we that we find value in. So that's that's why we think that this line is a little bit overdone and overcooked. And obviously, if we're chatting about this so much, it's oh we we got on it earlier anyway, and we got on it at, yeah on the wrong side of twelve and a half, but. For all you listeners out there, um, you're getting another two points on what we got on at the start of the the start of the week. So, and we're getting on the fourteen and a half as well. Okay. Yes. So. Yes. Um, so I can give you just some numbers on this margin. So, the look ahead. So prior to the round eleven games, 
our models were spitting out a predicted margin of between eight and 12, mm-hmm. which was in line with, um, you know, what the, the starting line was, the 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. But we felt that was maybe a little bit embellished by some different things. So we, we jumped on that. And then now after the round 11 games, it's come down to uh, between five and eight. Mm. So there's, um, you know, yeah, a six point that effectively could be two tries between what our margins mm. are saying and what the line is. That's, you know, it's quite a significant number. Yeah, so it definitely feels like this is the game where we have to throw a bit of cash at and like what you were going into earlier, going into all the different markets um, in this game and there's there's plenty of things to look at um, and you could you could throw plenty of bets on this on this game and and come out on top and we feel pretty confident about it. But so we hang, are we hanging our hat on this game? I, I think so. I think we need to throw a bit of cash at this. I okay, think we need so to... we, we got the we're on the twelve and a half line for the Cowboys. We're going to jump on the fourteen and a half line for the Cowboys. Another one we we chatted a little bit was the defensive game. So are we on the under? Yeah. For, yeah, for under forty, well? under forty and a half, under forty and a half. Yeah, definitely. And one that I'm liking. We spoke previous in previous uh, shows about the Panthers' first half. Uh, they always let in a try, and mm. they're scoring kind of between between twelve. More often than not, this halftime score in a Panthers game is twelve six. Yeah. So we looked at the Cowboys' first half plus eight and a half mm. line. So jumping on that as well. Yeah, like if you're watching these games and watching these two teams, they, like what we've said, they play really territorial. Um, and especially in the start of the game, they wear down. They wear down their teams by playing smart and kicking the ball deep and making sure that they're playing in the other team's half of the field, um, which obviously results in teams struggling to score points. Um, and they wear them down, wear them down, make them do hit-ups, make them work out of their own end, um, which gives you a low score in that first half for both teams. Um, and then they can start putting on points on tired defense. So both teams play a really, really similar type of football, um, and that definitely leads to these early uh, oh, first-half low scores. So if the whole game is a low score, then the margin can't be, won't be too big either. Exactly. I'm just putting yeah. all, all the bets on now. Perfect. So we've also uh, dived into, I don't know, I was looking at markets of total points scored. Um, and I think it's really interesting. If we're backing hard on, on the under um, and and the Cowboys holding the margin, you've got a market of the Panthers to score under 27 points. Um, I don't like the 27. It would be better if it was 29. Um, but I think there's still value in that. If I'm not quite sure if I'm going to throw some money at it now or, or not, but I found it quite interesting that you're getting such a high total for the Panthers and getting even money. So if you bet that they're going to score under 27 you're getting even money at $2 for that. And the other market, like on the reverse end there, is the Cowboys to score over 13 points. Um, I think that's also tough because you could see this game very much finishing like 18-12 or uh, getting some sort of result like that. But I'm hoping more for, you know, maybe, a, I don't know, I've got to keep the, the numbers right, but 24-12 or something like that with the Panthers getting getting up on top, which is going to give us the, all the markets there. But, um, but yeah, but I think that 13 figure is, is interesting because you would want them to go a little bit over that, but you can see that there is value at 235. So you're getting a little bit more than your money if you think that they're going to be able to put on 14 points in that game. But it's a really interesting figure. I'm not saying that I'm hanging my hat on it at all, but I, I think that those totals are really, really interesting. Nice research into some different uh, exotic markets there. 
Yeah, I don't think we've had a lot of luck on these exotic markets. If we have a look back at our our betting history, I think when we've gone, pretty much when we've gone outside the your overs and unders, um, I think we found it quite tough. But uh, it's it is really interesting when there is like you sit and you look and there's 176 different markets in a game or something like that. It's there's got to there's got to be needles in haystacks um, there that you can find. I think. Definitely. And it's interesting, makes the game more exciting anyway. And that's what it's all about, really. That's so it. they say. Are <laughs> uh, you having a look at the Canberra Parramatta game as well? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, uh, an interesting stat come up and jumped right out at me was the looking at the over and unders. I think obviously that's where we've been hitting. Um, and we've, uh, pretty much the whole year just been following straight off following the the our models here um finding games if you think most games are sitting around uh, a predicted score of around 40 then when a model spits out 50 or it spits out 30 um i think you got to start diving into that and having a look and wondering all right why is the model saying that um and if it's a blend of sort of a little bit of history between two clubs or or how a team's performing and and our model for this game, I think, what was it? It punched out 50, a projected score in this of, uh-huh, it didn't. It punched out 43. The 50 was in the Melbourne uh, Manly game. But it punched out 40 or pretty much 44 if you're looking at the results in, in 22. Um, and then the stack come up of Parramatta, going nine and two this season um, on the over. Um, so, yeah. So I, I like that pretty much on the basis of how Parramatta have been uh, playing and how they've been scoring points. Um, the worry there maybe is a little bit in this game is how much Canberra is going to help out that total. Um, but they, they've showed a, they've also showed like quite a bit of form this the last three weeks, I think they've won three in a row. Camera, I'm just gonna jump on so I don't spit out any um, bullshit. No, but I think, um, but, I mean, this is definitely a good area for these two teams. Mm. Parramatta are scoring 25 and a half points a game on mm. average, and they're letting in just over 21. Uh, Canberra, like I said, aren't scoring that much around eight. 18 points a game or 17 and a half and letting in over 20. So mm. if those kind of totals, they're, they're getting up around that 40 mark and then all you need is just, you know, one lucky try more and mm. yeah, you're there. So it's not a bad total, I think. And we know that Parramatta can definitely score points and they're quite, you know, good at putting a lot of points on quickly. And mm. yeah, if, if maybe Cameron need a jag, two or three tries and that, yeah, you're up around 50. So, yeah, that's right. Like Canberra have won, they put on 132 to 12 against South and they won 30 to 10 against Cronulla. But that was in that yeah, crazy game where, um, yeah, where they were kicking into the sun in the first half. I think they put on 24, 20 points in the first half there. Um, so. Yeah, so they've obviously got points. I think and Fogarty coming back this week, I think that's uh, can play a pretty big role. Like we've talked, we talked about it really early in the year of the combination of Fogarty and Whiten um, being really, really important for Canberra. Um, so hopefully for this bet that they get their act together and um, can find a good connection there, and Whiten can start running the ball at the line again, like he. Well, like he, like he does, and that's when they start scoring tries. Um, so, yeah, I like this total, um, and I, I I like it basically on the fact that pretty much that with the eels going nine and two. Yeah, we're jumping on it. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned most of the bets that we had going um, that we've put on put on previously i was hoping i was realized my microphone was turned the wrong way around hopefully it's been working this whole episode yeah i've been hearing you pretty well okay um 
the another one I put on, we I said mentioned we had the Warriors at minus two and a half. Now mm. they're uh, obviously Matt Lodge has, has um, left the team, and Adam Fanil Blake has got an injury, so that sh- that shifted a little bit. And I thought, okay, well, do we want to jump on some some Knights magic here? So I'd put on a multi for um, Kalen Ponga anytime try scorer and the Knights to win. Uh, paying three fifty, so I, I I really like that that bet against the Warriors. The Warriors are good at letting in tries against these real quick players, and and that can kind of slice through the line, which Ponga does. Mm. Um, and the Knights, the Knights are due, aren't they? Well, the Knights are due. I hope not. We put on our early bet <laughs> that, that they that they're going to take the, the most losses through the season. So. But they should lose pretty hard through Origin anyway, you would suspect. So, I don't know. You can give them a win this week and Pong it to score, get in a bit of form before Origin be nice. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've also... I don't know. It's interesting. We don't chat a lot about just hardcore footy, but I don't know. It come up to when you were just ch- saying before, like with Parramatta, man, they're an interesting, completely off the subject, complete tangent here, but... I'm wondering how it is actually going for Parramatta this year. You think how many points that they can put on, but fuck, they can't put 80 minutes together and have a complete performance. Like a complete performance. It feels like that they're just letting teams in and coming back and getting wins. Um, And you think that they're going to be contenders, but then you're still not quite sure. Like they're a really real mystery of a team for me. Inconsistent is probably the the leading word here, and it's probably yeah. been Parramatta for oh twenty years. They they mm. almost there, almost yeah. there. They can get to a a final series, but can't cross the last line. They they let teams back. They can't win a premiership um, because they they're not consistent enough. They can't put a whole game together. A couple of weeks in a row, um, and it's just I don't know it's it's something in the walls. I mean, <laughs> they broke down yeah. those walls and built new ones, and it's kind of still sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> the same thing. Because I don't know, it's just like cause sometimes you watch them and you're just like, no one can stop this this team. Yeah. Like, and then five minutes, ten minutes later in the game, you're just like, like they're absolute rubbish. Like I want just... them to succeed. They got some good play. I like Junior Polo. I like. Moses, um, yeah. Marnie. I mean, they're they're good players, and I don't know if it's, it's it just don't... yeah, it, it is. It, it's, a, it's like just really stumped. But anyway, back to back to what we're supposed to be talking about. But I don't know. It just sort of come to me. I was just like bloody hell. And what we are supposed to be talking about is the final round of Rolling Thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hell. best segment in the podcast universe. Yeah, yeah. For those of yeah. you that haven't followed our segment called the Rolling Thumbs, uh, it's a lucky say bet. what it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be we make one bet every week, uh, and we take the winnings from that bet and put it all on to the next bet, and we. We streak it, and if you lose and you start back from zero, and you got to build your pot up again. Uh, I think we started in round six, mm. and we've gone one from six. <laughs> yeah. So this is the final round. We said we'll. Go- I had it last week, and then I put my foot in my mouth and lost it all. But Campbell Graham did score Alec- no, I know, but I was just going to have Alex Johnson anytime try scorer, and he scored. Yeah. And then I found a way to, I don't know. Ruin it. Ruin it all. <laughs> Crush myself. And ended up with an Alex Johnson, Wade Graham, anytime try scorer double. <laughs> Wade Graham hasn't scored a try since he played for Windsor Wolves. No. <laughs> Did he really play for Windsor Wolves or just uh, pull that out? No, black, he played for Blacktown City. <laughs> wow. I refereed him. You were close. Ah, oh, right. He was in the same age group as my uh, ex-girlfriend's brother. 
Okay. And played against each other. Funny, go. like I, out of that, the same, same, uh, same group as Lachlan Coote as well. He played, mm-hmm. he played for Windsor. Where's Lachlan Coote these days? He's in overseas. The UK, yeah. Mm. Um, no, like, I mean, Wade Graham was never any a player that you'd say, oh, he's going to play NRL. Um, mm. It was kind of like, you know, those players where that they, they get the star light a little bit because maybe like their dad's the coach or um, someone in the club likes them, so they put them in these positions of being a bit of a star and, but they're not really mm. that good. Like I had one in mm. my footy team growing up and it wasn't me. Um, no, obviously <laughs> if you're sitting behind a microphone in your car outside of <laughs> exactly. Gothenburg. <laughs> exactly. Um, With but, no light, I might just add now. Yeah. Um, and your microphone backwards. Your anyway, microphone sorry, backwards. back to your story. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, he never really struck me as a, a quality play. Obviously, this was you know under sixteens, um, but there's no doubt that when he you know rose up the ranks in Penrith, that they he turned into a great player. Uh, and I, I, don't know, I held on to that a little bit through his first few years at Penrith. I was like he's not he's not good, but he mm-hmm. has been a consistent player throughout his career. And it's a shame that the injuries have held him back because he's a a great kind of edge back rower or, or lock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just remember, I'm trying to find exactly what year it was, but there was a, a year when he played origin and it felt like he was the most dangerous player for New South Wales. We didn't want him to have the ball. It must've been, say, I don't know, four or five years ago when mm. New South Wales was starting to come back into some of the series and, um, yeah, like I just remember some origin series there and you're just like, bloody hell, Wade Graham, he's just absolutely destroying Queensland um, on the edge. They just, you just couldn't stop him because he could just run the ball, run the ball hard and, and then also be able to be a ball player mm. um, and put someone through a hole or create, create a line break. Um, he, was, he was an animal there for a little while. But, yeah, like you said, Strange had a couple of – Pretty horrible ankle injuries and um, in concussions that wiped him out. Yeah, that's right. So last round anyway. of rolling thumbs, uh, and the thumb reference is from the Swedish good luck sign, where you hold your thumbs instead of crossing your fingers. Uh, and the rolling part is that we roll it from one week to the next. Perfectly uh, logical. Perfectly <laughs> logical. Uh, yeah, head back to episode seven or something, whatever it was where we yeah. came up with the idea. Um, I obviously came up with the segment, so I'll go first so you can... It all comes down to the last week. Yeah, it's essentially what odds we get and have to win, but... But you still have to win. I'm going to go a pretty low one. I'm going to take uh, one of our hang your hats, and it's the, the Cowboys' first half, eight and a half point all start, right. and that's paying... I think it was 167. All right. So if uh, you want to, 165 it was. So if you want to beat that bet, you say if they both win, then you're going to have to have a higher odds or you just hope that our one it doesn't, doesn't hit. Yeah, it's an interesting tactic we've got to start playing here, right? I wonder, I'm going to also bet on that game just to make it the game more exciting. And I am going to take the – should I take one of these that we've been talking about or should I just go – I love the fact that we spoke about how – what would we do with the millions that we would be winning <laughs> uh, before the last round and having to choose the last bet with a couple of million kroner on the line. <laughs> mm. Right, right, right. All right. I am going to take, what did you say, 160? 165. All right. I'm going to take Brian Toro to be an anytime try scorer at 167. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the the idea as well that if 
I'm pretty sure I said this at the beginning. So if you win, you get my money. Oh, great. My total. Uh, oh, your, your whole kitty. My whole kitty <laughs> is uh, one unit times 165. Yeah, so 1.65 units I'll get. <laughs> or I just get the 65. <laughs> no, you can have it all. Uh, thanks, mate. So yeah, that's the. Uh, we can revisit this after the the origin period, maybe, and see if uh, it's worth bringing up again. If we find a new segment, yeah. something cool. Yeah, we might have to rebrand this segment and have a, another look at it. Pretend it's the first time we've ever done that. Yeah, yeah, but just have the same concept. But I don't know. Maybe do a little bit better at it. <laughs> Mate, I um for the first time on this program, I think, um, I've put in a bet on our joint account for something that's not NRL. Mm-hmm. I have put an F one bet on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's that the qualifying margin. Uh, so obviously the pole position, um will be between 0.1 and 0.25 seconds between first and second place. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I've done a bit of research here, and um, obviously we didn't have Monaco for a few years there during COVID, but the overwhelming majority of qualifying margins between one and two have been within that um, that little window over the past few years. and. Uh, to add to that, the cars are now even closer than what they have been during that period. So over the last, say, 10 years. Um, and anyone like Le- Leclerc, yeah, Sainz, Verstappen, um, even on this track, maybe one of the Mercedes could could um, push up a little bit. So I, I'm really, I think this qualifying could be quite exciting um, with with how close they all are. Mm. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I'm just looking at the markets now. The clerk's paying to qualify first. He's paying two. Yeah, so I've got 250 uh, odds money. on this bet. Mm. Verstappen's paying 275, signs at seven. Crazy Perez is at 17. Did we talk about this on the show of Leclerc <laughs> driving? Um, who was it? Nicky Lauder's Ferrari around Monaco like two weeks ago? No, I don't think we did. No. Um, he, was, he was doing a test run. They were starting to build the track like two weeks ago. Um, and he drove Nicky Lauder's world championship car around and he put it into the wall. The brakes failed. No. And he put, he put Nicky Lauder's world championship winning car into the wall. They like destroyed it hard, but it like wasn't his fault. The brakes, the brakes failed coming around. I think it was the hairpin right at the casino as well. And that's what you say. Yeah. The brakes failed. It wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. Oh. You were trying to max it out and and put it in, put it into the wall. Think how expensive that would be. It's irreplaceable. And he said, yeah, and he said, oh yeah, it's my typical luck at Monaco. So. Interesting that, I don't know, I'm going to have a dive into it and see how he actually performs there and how he's performed even in some of the junior championships um, before I start throwing any bets on because maybe he's he's prone to crash there. But it's going to be an interesting weekend. I like qualifying pretty much more than more than the race. Qualifying is really exciting on the Saturday. Yeah, and The race can be a bit dull sometimes if someone doesn't put it into the wall real hard. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good race on the weekend. I feel a bit sorry for Perez. Obviously, Verstappen was a lot mm. quicker, and that showed that once he passed, he was out 10 seconds. But Yeah, but they can just turn down Perez's car as well. Yeah, I mean, to do all of that effort uh, mm. and then say, okay, move over. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's rough. And even it was a bit of a shame for Leclerc. He was dominating the first yeah, half of the race until his car shit itself. Because like, if you look at the points as well, that, uh, I think Perez would have gone to the lead if he had have won. Well, at least he would have gone ahead of, um, like it would have been a much closer 
at the top now, uh, Verstappen is ahead by by quite a margin. But I think mm. actually Perez might have gone up to first. Um, and that means I mean, for me as a like a non biased supporter of just the sport. Like, I don't know how you can say, okay, let Verstappen go because he's the one that's going to win the championship. Whereas, you know, Perez would have went to first if he had a one. Maybe that's him that's wanting to win the championship. I think it's yeah. a bit, bit rough on his part to, to not let him try and win the race. Yeah. Like, I think it is a shame. I think they should let them, there should be something to make them, make them race. Why just because you're in the same team you should you can do these sorts of things, but I don't know. It's always been a big part of the sport and a big question. Scared Verstappen's yeah. gonna crash and kick him both out. Yeah. But yeah, I think what he would have he would have been almost on the same amount of points as Leclerc. Nah, a little bit less, like ten points behind. Was it that quite that far? Yeah, because Verstappen's on 110 points in the championship, Leclerc's on 104, and Perez is on 85 after that race. So he would have oh, got like okay. 10, 10 points more. I, I plus the the winning onto his already third place mm. points. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so it would be. But still, like you think he does, like he does that a lot. Think how many times. I think twice this year Perez has let Verstappen pass. If they raced, it could be anything. Yeah. But, yeah, it is It is a boring part of the sport, but I don't know. You're in a team, your teammates, I guess. Depends the way you look at it, but it seems like it. For me, you should always let them race. There's always controversy built around it and why teams break up and I don't know. I think it's shit. Yes. Well, Poz, another app done. A big round of footy this weekend coming yeah. to us. Um, I'm going to miss most of it, but um, you can keep me updated. Yeah, I definitely will. It's going to be a big week and a lot of players fighting for origin spots. So expect some big individual performances, I think, this week. Um, and then interesting to see how the teams are going to be. I don't know. I'm loving the – I hope – I'm loving these New South Wales injuries. They can keep they can keep rolling in. I'm a little bit worried at the start of the year, but I think now the it's it's all evening out. I'm looking forward to doing a an origin betting show with you, mate. Yes. Exciting. Yeah. Thanks Exciting for tonight, stuff. mate. All right, mate. Sleep tight. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye.